Well, it does seem there's no stopping the US equities railroad, even as jobless claims rose more than expected last week. The Kiwi dollar is down again today, even with a weaker US dollar. We'll look at that today. Plus the ECB minutes, the US elections. Do voters care about the news on Steve Bannon? And lots of PMIs today. It's Friday, the 21st of August, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is back on the slide, not down 0.2%. Stocks are back on the rise at 1% for the NASDAQ, getting uh, set for another record there, 0.4% for the S&P 500. But gold is out of favour. Comex gold down 0.6% and back below $2,000. And oil is on the slide too, 0.8% down for WTI, more for Brent, whilst 10-year Treasury yields are down three basis points. More on that in a second. On other currencies, the Aussie is up 0.2%, the euro up 0.1%, the pound up almost 0.9%. What's going on there? Uh, the Kiwi dollar down 0.5%, even against the sliding US dollar. So we'll probably touch on that today as well. It's Gavin Friend with us today, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. So, uh, hey, hey, Gavin, equities. This is a bit crazy, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, what happens if uh, we have something like another COVID-19 spike, which is entirely possible? I mean, how hard? Does it fall? If, I mean, it just keeps on getting higher, doesn't it? I know a lot of it is the tech sector, but we're at the crazy situation now where we've got Intel getting set to buy back $10 billion worth of its uh, its own shares. So clearly they don't have any cash flow issues. Um, and we've got, a, a, you know, the, the, the price to earnings ratio for the S&P 500, which was below 25 on January the thir- 1st, is now up over 29. It doesn't bear any relation to earnings. What is going on? How long is this going to go on for? Uh, Good morning, Phil. I think these are choppy markets. Liquidity is thin, of course, during the Northern Hemisphere summer and the ranges, while not that significant, um, but nonetheless, there's a lot of churn going on. And uh, I think, Mm. you know, you hit the nail on the head there in terms of the stock market. It got knocked yesterday on the Fed minutes, uh, pushing bond yields up. Uh, Today, for most of the day, stocks have been in the red. And then we've had the story on the tech side um, with Intel uh, buybacks. Zoom video communications has had some analyst upgrades. And I think that's really the story on equities. You know, one day up, one day one day down. Yeah, but a lot we more up than grinding, down. Mm. Grinding higher, yes, in both the S&P and the uh, and the, and the Right. Any market. excuse, basically, isn't it? So does that mean there's less appetite for bonds? I mean, we, we uh, the bond market certainly was spooked by the Fed minutes yesterday, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, you touched on this yesterday. Um, so, you know, it, really, what was it that, 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 that spooked markets? It was the Fed hinting that yield curve control is probably not on the agenda for the moment. I mean, I would say that the Fed has been absolutely crystal clear that it isn't even thinking about thinking about raising rates at some point down the road. Uh, and the minutes did reveal members are coalescing around sort of some sort of strengthening in the guidance on offer that rates will stay low for an extended period with you know, changes perhaps tied to um, macroeconomic milestones on unemployment and inflation. A shift to inflation averaging seems popular, uh, allowing more upside above target inflation were it to be the case uh, before moving on rates, given you know the longer term downside misses on the inflation target. But as, as you discussed yesterday, the minutes really didn't offer much detail there. And by simultaneously nixing the idea of yield curve control, I think that's kind of took markets a little bit by surprise. You know, at the same time, they were talking pretty gloomily about the economy and at a time when we all know that Washington just can't get it together 
on the next round of stimulus. And uh, that isn't what investors wanted to hear. So I think you saw that spike in real yields yesterday. It wasn't really in that so much in nominal yields. And today we had another move on that uh, real yield spiking again. This time it was due to um, a bond auction. Um, it was a an auction of 30-year tips or inflation-protected uh, bonds. Um, they popped mm. up four or five basis points, but a pretty low bid-to-cover ratio compared to previous auctions of that tenor. And it still resulted in, I think, the lowest or the record low at minus 0.26 for 30-year tips. Um, you know, but uh, you know, there, there does seem to be a story of lackluster demand. It seems to be a feature now that's building, given the heavy supply and schedule look, that we you have. Know, and, and if I we think- do get more uh, in the way of stimulus, if we do get another spike, and the uh, you know, there's a need for even more fiscal stimulus, there's going to be even more bonds issued. Well, of course, and the the lines between um, fiscal spending, government spending, and uh, the central banks uh, vis-a-vis direct monetary financing will get increasingly blurred. Yeah, and we might need more of it because if we look at the uh, the jobless claims, the expectation was, the figures from last week, that the number would be down. It would certainly be below a million, but it's not 1.1 million new unemployment claims. Then we had the Philly Fed's manufacturing index down from 24.1 to 17.2. Yeah, so we've had a couple of weeks of decent declines in the weekly jobless claims. Um, you know, remember last week falling below 1 million. Uh, continuing claims for the week before announced uh, yesterday uh, did decline by more than expected, down to 14.84 million from 15.5 million. Mm. Um, and we know that the it is the case that new coronavirus cases continue to roll over in the US, and all of this bodes well for the path ahead. But I think the jump back up in the weekly claims numbers just suggests that it's a, it's a fitful and protracted pathway back for the US labour market. It's going to take time. I think on the, uh, the Philly Fed stuff, I mean, it was a little bit lower, but look at where it is. I mean, the Philly, Philly Fed business outlook is back up to pre-COVID levels. That is in line with what we've seen in some of the other, most of the other regional surveys, the Chicago Fed, the Kansas City Fed, um, uh, New York for Empire, all of these are suggesting uh, that the next round of ISM numbers that we're going to get for August in early September uh, will be pretty stellar. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, although it was weaker on the day, I don't think it was, you know, much to sort of uh, worry markets about. Right. The ECB minutes were out earlier on. Uh, apparently, they used the word uncertainty 20 times. So uh, I'm not sure. Does that mean that uh, they're going to do more before the year's out, especially if we see inflation start to rise a bit or at least the you know inflation forecasts so the, start to rise a bit? Yes, yeah, so these were the minutes for the 15th and 16th of July. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we learned an awful lot, actually. The ECB is hoping for clearer signals. To your point, I think, uh, when he gets new staff forecasts at the next meeting on the 10th of September, there was an acknowledgement um, that gains in equity markets and narrower spreads – uh, which are all good in terms of you know reducing financial conditions, um, had been partly offset by an appreciation of the euro, and we might say, of course, you know that's the, the, that was sort of mid July, and since that point, euro dollar has rallied another four uh, percent, you know, at the, at the current level. So financial conditions arguably might have tightened a bit more. But if you look at the trade weighted euro, it's actually only up about one and a quarter percent over that period. That's really what the ECB. Focuses mm. on, and we'd we'd say that the ECB wouldn't be particularly surprised, I think, by the euro's gains against the dollar over, you know, given the shift 
in the relative yield complex, particularly lower US yields, the ability of the European Council to cobble together the uh, EU recovery fund and you know the US's pandemic response. I don't think that's any of that would be a surprise that the euro has done quite well. I don't think it's something that they're going to be particularly vexed about uh, in the short term uh, and, and perhaps not even to the kind of levels that we're thinking about uh, throughout the first half of next year, which is that old 125, 126 level. I think you know they can probably bear that for the time being if we're talking about a sort of a, a broad scale adjustment of the dollar lower right and look it's everywhere around the world right now everyone is trying to figure out aren't they to what extent do you allow the economy to function and push ahead and to what extent do you lock down and try and restrict the virus so i mean some would argue perhaps new zealand has gone too far which is why perhaps the rbnz is having to do more which is why we're seeing the kiwi dollar down uh, 0.5 percent this morning but scott morrison is closer to home looking at uh, he's holding a national cabinet meeting today to try and figure out uh, what's done in terms of uh, border crossing lockdowns or restrictions because uh, it's a bit arbitrary at the moment it's determined by the state so is there a set of rules that can be applied and uh, get that balance right because uh, you know we've got a relatively low number of infections in Australia and yet the share market is suffering the ASX was down 0.8 yesterday it's uh, still 15% below its pre-COVID level so we'll see uh, what comes out of that, that that cabinet meeting but really everywhere you look uh, everyone is uh, struggling with the same question aren't they how do you get the balance right between uh, restricting people's behaviour and allowing the economy to function fully and that's that's the point we're all pushing on this, trying to find the optimum point. We know that, uh, you know, a lot of the activity levels have picked up quite nicely. That's that's comforted markets a bit. And, but we're now at this stage where it really is a fine balance. And I think a lot of it is to do with discipline. Yeah, and, and the message, you know, people, people being told, we've learned a great deal, people getting the message on how they need to be. Well, a clear, a clear message indeed. And um, uh, now people are getting with the programme, they understand, and uh, we're starting to see those curves coming lower. So everybody's looking, everybody's looking for the vaccine. It's been said before that no one knows whether that's going to be sufficient, what, you know, how... how efficient the vaccine will be um in the meantime wash your hands the indeed <laughs> so look the pound tell us about that because that's had a couple of days i mean it was off a bit yesterday but the day before it was up around one percent same again today what's happening there uh, thin, thin markets again i think phil but i think i would note so we're in the middle of this latest round seventh round of negotiations on the trade between the uk and the eu there's some, some 50 uk officials which is much more than the normally travel to brussels for this particular one and I would note that the UK has attempted to push things on this week with um, it submitted a draft version of a, of a free trade agreement based on where the two sides are in terms of the common ground. The idea is to sort of try and help, you know, the negotiating parties um, narrow down on their disagreements. I mean, it's well known that there are still huge issues on fishing and the level playing field. The EU just doesn't want the UK to leave and then have some sort of competitive advantage by having access to Europe and yet uh, and, and, and free trade. Um, but at the same time, going off and deleveraging and uh, getting some kind of competitive advantage. They have made progress so- in lots of areas. Um, and crucially, the UK accepts the structure of the deal is all encompassing rather than a series of sort of mini deals. And and the EU accepts that the UK can't have any role for the European Court of Justice. The EU, for its yeah. part, says it now accepts that the UK is a sovereign state. You have to laugh at that, don't you? But there's a feeling that the EU still thinks that the UK will buckle or blink, given the pressure that it's under 
economically. I mean, we maintain that it's that, that this is why this thing goes right to the wire and that's where we get the pragmatism and we will get some sort of partial or skinny deal. Where is the wire? Well, there are two more scheduled meetings in September and then October. It's 28th of September, the 2nd of October. That's when a deal has to come by. Uh, and, and, we, and we think there will be. So I think, right. I mean, maybe something from that that, that just helped the pound along a little bit, maybe. potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. The other thing that's happening, of course, at the end of the year is the uh, the US election. And uh, I wonder whether they had Steve Bannon being arrested, for those who are uh, waking up and have heard that news, for defrauding donors in his uh, Build the Wall campaign. Uh, but I don't think Donald Trump voters are going to care about that. The fact that the, the former strategist of the president is uh, potentially going to prison for up to 20 years. Uh, although the gap in the polls has narrowed slightly uh, from about 10% down to about eight percent but but joe biden is still over 50 percent, which hillary clinton never was so it's not looking that great for donald trump i have to say look lots of uh, lots of pmi numbers today very briefly services and manufacturing for the uk germany the eurozone the us retail sales for the uk for july as well usa existing home sales so uh, uh we'll obviously be hoping for a pickup in all of those services in particular pmi's numbers won't we yeah, the, we get yeah indeed that well i would only say that um these numbers have made Made some great gains back above the 50 level in most cases and so you know the gain the gains from here are going to be marginal if anything at all uh, i would i would venture right. okay well we'll watch with interest great to talk again see you soon gavin thanks phil and that's it for this week back again on monday morning i'm phil dobby for nab see you then